we've had, because I felt God give me this message, when a loaf of Mollenberg isn't enough. When a loaf of Mollenberg's finest isn't enough. Now, this is the home brand <laughs> label. But when a loaf of bread doesn't quite cut it. Loaf of bread is good. A bun tastes quite nice, especially when you haven't any breakfast. I'm going to have to chew it now before I can speak. A loaf of bread is good, but man cannot live on a loaf of bread, the Bible says. And we'll be looking at patterning the life of Christ. So come with me to Matthew 4, 1 to verse 4. Matthew 4, verses 1 to 4. Mollenberg's nice when you... Who likes Mollenberg bread? It's lovely, eh? A bit of the seeds in it and stuff. You put your jam or your, your butter on it together. You spread it out. It tastes good, nice and fresh. But Jesus said something else. So Matthew 4, verse 4. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness... To be tempted by the devil. Now we haven't got time to go into this, but it is another message. I find that fascinating. I don't know whether you've stopped to read that, but I'm going to read it again. Then Jesus was led up by the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. God takes his son, puts him in the wilderness to be tempted by the adversary. Really? God, you wouldn't do that. You love me. That's the very reason why I did it. Because I love you. You see, sometimes we blame the enemy for things that's God. And God intentionally puts us in situations to do a work in us. And we have to discern which one's of the enemy and which one's of God. Because if you're trying to cast things out that are of God, you're not going to go anywhere. If it's God that's behind it, you need to discern that and submit to it. Now, if it is the enemy, sure, put on your armor. Your armor is Jesus within you and learn how to fight because the battle's raging. But God takes his son, puts him in the wilderness and says, now go sift him. Why? Fascinating. That'll be next week or the week after. Just a little carrot there to get you going. Maybe go have a look at the word yourself and ask that question. So what is Jesus patterning for us in this passage? Verse 2, And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. Verse 4, But he answered and said, It is written. Everybody say that. Good. It is written that man shall not live on bread alone. He should not live on a loaf of Mollenberg bread with its toast and a cup of coffee. Although however nice that is in a bagel that I had in Cambodia, it was beautiful. Man cannot live on bread alone, but on every word. Everyone say every word. That proceeds out of the mouth of God. Not one word. Not three words. I don't know how many words are in this incredible manual and words that aren't in there that God speaks through his spirit, but man shall live on every word, which means Numbers is an incredibly anointed book. 
Amen? Go read Numbers. There's truth in there for you. Go read the old and the new, the whole shebang. Go read the book of Revelation. There's truth in there for you. Every word out of his mouth is what we're called to live on. It's fascinating, isn't it? So here's the first thing for us today that I'd like you to chew over during the week. We must live with a dependency on God and his living word, not our gifting and strength. It's so easy to live on our gifting and strength, God-given gifts. He gives them to us, doesn't he? But the Bible says we are to pursue love and desire gifts. If all you do is pursue gifts, you can have gifts and no love. You have power without love. You're a dangerous weapon. And I think we see enough of that in the body of Christ today. Love is the thing that remains. And so we must have, Jesus modeling for us here, a dependency upon the Father. Not his own ability, not his own strength. The Bible says in Philippians that he was emptied of self. He was emptied of those things while he was on the earth. Now we are to live like this 100% of the time. But more importantly, in trial and testing. See, Jesus is facing a trial. Jesus is facing a test and the enemy comes to him. He's crafty. He's very crafty. He knows the word of God inside out. It's why it's important that we know every word. Because he knows every word. And we're in a war, guys. We're in a war. This is a battle that rages. Paul said, I'm fighting a good fight. It's not something that's just passive. Christianity is not something that you just come to. It's who you are. And it's a role that we all have to play. And it's on. The kingdom of God, the Bible says, is advancing. I'm going to speak tonight about the kingdom of God is advancing with or without you. It's a great U2 song. And it's happening right now. It's advancing. The church of Jesus Christ is going from glory to glory. I don't know if you've recognized, but the world's collapsing. I'm in Cambodia listening to CNN and the amount of political trouble. We've got a president of the United States for the, probably the first time is condoning certain types of behavior. Would never have happened in the past. What's going on? Greece is falling over. Spain's in trouble if that happens. Italy's in trouble. Now, I'm not doom and gloom. This is our opportunity to become the bride of Christ, become the church that stands and goes, we have hope. We are the hope. God in us is the hope. Because we cannot live on physical resource alone. It's good. I'm trying to eat less of it these days and the right foods. (laughs) But I cannot live on that stuff. I cannot live on protein bars and protein shakes and the staff will tell you and banana shakes and the odd McDonald's. Spiritual food, spiritual manner from above. Jesus himself and his living written word is what we're called to live on. Enemy knows it. Enemy tries to always get us depending on our gifting and our strength so we define it. See, I've said this before, but if we don't have the commandments sorted out, we define the commission. And we'll do it our way and our strength 
and it leads to frustration, disillusionment and a dead life. Not the life that he came to give us, resurrected life. And I thank you for his resurrected life. Listen, the enemy tries to get Jesus to trust in his own gifting. What does he say? Command these stones to become bread. Why? Because he's hungry. I know that you can just snap your finger. So then he tries to play on his ego. If you are the son of God, he's looking to see if there's any pride, any ego, any self. Come on, Jesus. Are you? Because if you were the son of God, Simon, you could fix this problem right now. You're hungry. You've been fasting in the desert 40 days and 40 nights. Come on, Jesus, you can fix this. These stones here, turn them into bread. Trust in yourself. Trust in your ability. Trust in your strength to do it, to fix your physical need right now. Come on. But what does Jesus say? Three of the most powerful words in the Bible, and he says it three times. Who can tell me what I said? Thank you. It is written. It's down in print. It's been down for years. It's down. I'm not going to trust in my own strength, my own ability, my own um, supernatural ability to do this. I'm trusting in my Father. If I start defining this right now, I'll define everything my way. And that's what the enemy comes to try and do, get you to define it your own way. Jesus knows this and he says, It is written that man shall not live on bread alone. And Jesus patterns for us what it looks like to follow him and his father. He models it for us. And he makes himself vulnerable and dependent. Ooh, that's an interesting word. Vulnerable. I can get hurt if I make myself vulnerable. So I don't make myself vulnerable, I protect myself. Because the last time I made myself vulnerable, I got hurt. And that may be true and that may be so. But Jesus models vulnerability and dependency for us that we would model it. Because it's only when we become vulnerable and dependent that there is this interaction between spirit and spirit. Because we can try and manufacture the spirit. We can try and replicate it. Doesn't matter how often you try and live for you. Do you know what? He just withholds. What does it mean to be vulnerable? It means to be exposed. It means to allow yourself to be hurt. But it's where the intimacy, it's where the power is, it's where his spirit actually lies. Everything Jesus does is a picture for us. It's not just a lovely story about him. It's for us to see it, to allow that to define us and align us. And I want to encourage you. I spent the whole time in Cambodia talking about as followers of Christ, we are to follow from a place of dependency and intimacy, not strength or gifting. And as I said, does God give us our gifts? Yes. Does he give us strength? Well, it's his, his power in us. But it must be anchored from a place of dependency and intimacy. 
Otherwise, it just becomes us doing. And we love to do, don't we? It's easier to do than it is to be. It's easier to do something than become something, but Jesus says you're becoming a kingdom within. Mm, It's fascinating. Paul puts it this way. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9. My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. That word grace means power. My grace is sufficient. My power, my spirit within you is sufficient. What a cool word. For power is perfected in weakness. Now that's not when I'm pathetic, miserable. You know, there's, there's a weakness and there's a weakness. There's a wrong weakness. There's a false humility that we model as Christians. And then there's an accurate biblical humility. So what he's saying is when I let go of my strength, when I let go of my abilities that are God-given and natural, when I let go of those and I submit those to the cross, then there's real power to come in my life. Not when I just become, oh, you know what, I'm a martyr for Jesus and no one notices anything and everyone's a doormat and I'm running around, 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 meeting everybody's need because everybody needs me and no one appreciates me and I'm so tired. That is just lunacy. That's not kingdom glory at all. That's you being an egg. What he's saying is when you take the things that I've given you like he did with Abraham, the promise I gave you, the son, and you submit it to my feet and allow me to define that, then you are strong. Then my power comes into a reality and you'll see my power move. You'll see lives change. You'll see your own life shifted. Man cannot live on bread alone but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And I love this, that the enemy comes to Christ in what he perceives as Christ's weak point. We're going to have a look at verse 2. I find this fascinating, that he perceives it's a weak point, his physical hunger. But the Bible says that Jesus actually only gets physically hungry after the 40 days. Not during, after. Hmm. Why, Greg, you say? Maybe you don't. (laughs) Why? Because it was God's spirit that led him into the desert. And when God leads you on the journey, he supplies you with spiritual food for the journey you are on. And it feeds you. See, how many people realize that the living word of God feeds you physically? It's not just a book with information that you store up in your mind. You get the revelation of the living word. It feeds you physically. Joy is a substance. It's not a feeling. Happiness is a feeling. It's an emotion. Joy's not. Joy's a substance. It's a spirit, the Bible says. And because it's a substance and it's a spirit, it lives within you constantly. It doesn't run out. It can grow the more you know him. Hope. That's not a feeling. 
per se. It's a substance of the Spirit within. And when Jesus is in the wilderness, he didn't have any physical food. But you know what he's feeding on? Relationship. Intimacy with the Father. He's feeding. He is the living word. So he's actually, we were like, oh, 40 days of fasting. That's going to be so hard. I reckon he goes, 40 days of fasting, bring it on. I'm going to come out of that just as fed as when I entered it, if not more. And the Bible says he came out of that in power. But he didn't eat a single bit of physical resource. Never had his Molenberg bread with his jam and his cream. He had real food, spiritual manner with the Father. And that is a powerful, powerful thing. So the enemy perceives this, but Jesus is five, six, seven, ten steps ahead of him. It's why he can, I believe it's why he can fight. Imagine that, being that filled up and the enemy comes, you just laugh. Hey, you think you're the son of God? Yeah, I know I'm the son of God, man, come on. We're going to play this one again? I know who I am. I know the authority in which I've been given. I know who lives within me. He's only got deception, but he's very good at it. When we're dependent upon him and trusting in him to define it, we grow on the inside. Spiritual life, spiritual transformation. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says this, And God is able to make all grace abound to you. All grace, power abound to you. So that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. Every good deed that he aligns. Not every good deed that we want. So he supplies, you've got to hear this through the context of this. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that you have all sufficiency in everything. You have, you may have an abundance for every good deed that he tells you to do, not what you want to do. It's when it's his will for you that strip, that, that truth unfolds. You can't take that and go, right, I want to go do all these things. I'm going to define the commission my way. And God, your word says that you can grace it. Eh. No, you're going to define the commission through me and I'm going to hear and obey how that's going to happen and your grace will back that. It'll affect all, it'll be all abounding. Yeah? Very important we get that right in the right way. Otherwise, we're doing a whole lot of stuff that the grace of God's not on. And it will kill you. Trust me. I'm speaking from experience. The second thing I want to talk about today is feeding on manna from heaven builds the kingdom within. You see, we've, we've limited this whole kingdom message down to the signs and wonders and supernatural. I shared this a couple of weeks back. You know, your kingdom come. Well, that's all about there's no sickness in heaven, so there's no sickness on earth. Well, that is true, and that's a part of it. But come on, the kingdom starts within us. This Bible, this food source is to build the kingdom within you that you would have, that we would have joy and peace and hope and, and patience and kindness as a substance. The Bible says that we are the house of the Holy Spirit. He lives within us. We are pillars that are to support the truth on the earth. And so this feeding on manna from heaven builds the kingdom of God within you. 
Feeding on Mollenberg bread alone will leave you spiritually anorexic and vulnerable to the deceptive schemes of the enemy. If all I'm doing is eating natural resource, then I'm not being built at all. I may look good. If I just suck on protein bars and protein shapes, watch the carb intake, train hard, so much cardio, you know what, I'm going to look pretty fit and fine. But spiritually, if that's all my diet is, when he comes and he says, hey, Greg, you know this problem you've got? You know, last time you trusted in yourself with that ability God's given you. Just trust in yourself again, man. It'll all work out fine. Oh, okay. And it doesn't. Bible says that he roars around like a prowling lion looking for people just to devour. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. Nothing wrong with a good roast meal. Nothing wrong with apple crumble and custard. McDonald's now and again at the right time of the day. <laughs> but we're not to live on it. And Jesus says this. Come with me to Hebrews 4 verses 12. We're going to flick all around this Bible today. hope that's okay. Hebrews 4 verses 12. This is, I mean, every passage just contains so much life. Hebrews 4 verse 12. For the word of God is living and active. It's living and it's active. Which means it moves things, changes things, shapes things, defines things. Jesus spoke to a fig tree and it died. That's how much power is in the living word. If you say, move a mountain, a problem, an obstacle, by faith and his word, it'll move. And if you've got faith to believe that, it'll happen when it's defined by my will. The word of God is living and active, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, sharper than a samurai sword, sharper than that. And you may know how sharp that is. Piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Ooh. Gee, that hurts. Ooh. But it's living and it's active. It's able to judge thoughts, attitudes, define a whole lot of things for our benefit. Now, God shines a mirror upon He shone a mirror upon me two and a half years ago, and I caught a reflection. And you know, in the natural, I was like, oh, really? But in the spirit, I was like, man, I, I, want to, I don't want to be that. I want to be this, more of this. It's for our own benefit. God does everything for our own benefit. Nothing that he does is not for your own benefit, even when in the flesh it may look like it's not. That's why I said before, sometimes we're rebuking, casting out things that are of him. <laughs> Instead of just going, Father, I submit to this process. I will walk through the process. I will find gold in the process. And I will come out the fire 
radiant, knowing you at a greater level than what I did when I entered the process. You see, if you're someone that worries, ask for a greater revelation of the Father and you'll be less likely. In fact, I'll guarantee you, you won't worry. See, sometimes we can, now hear what I'm saying, sometimes we can fight the worry, but if we just seek Him, the worry takes care of itself. Because when you have a revelation of Him, which is a supernatural encounter, it's not something we can manufacture, it's not something we can manipulate, we just have to be vulnerable in front of Him, ask Him by faith, and the Bible says He's faithful to perform on His word in His time. And if it doesn't happen where we want, keep coming. Persevere, persevere, persevere. I'm knocking at the door. I want to feed my kids. His mate says, go away. It's late. He says, I'm not going anywhere till you get up. Give me some bread and give them to my kids. Persevering spirit. Feeding on his word. Ask for more of him. Make that your daily, every 24-7 prayer. God, show me more of you here. That's why Paul preached Jesus and Jesus crucified. Everything we need already lies within us. We just need a revelation of what's already there. Instead, we run around trying to find it. We run around going to this conference and that conference. Nothing wrong with those things now and again. We run around doing all this. Oh, unlock what is within me because the kingdom is within me. The power to do now to him who is immeasurable to do more than we ask or think, according to the power that it's work, where? In me. But we need a revelation of it. Why is it so important we feed on the living and active word? Answer, so we become the people of God. We become the people that God intends us to become, fulfilling his purposes and positioning ourselves to receive the overcomer's inheritance. Why is it so important we feed on his living word so we become the people that God intends us to become, fulfilling his purposes and positioning ourselves to receive the overcomer's inheritance? The kingdom of God is within us. As we step out in faith and touch, sure, we see it move. We see power come. We see healing come. We see prophecy come. We see people come alive, but it starts right here. The building starts right here. We see men in Matthew that were all about the signs and wonders, and Jesus says, I never knew you. Who are you? But we called you Lord, Lord. We did X, Y, Z in all your name. Well, good on you. But who are you again? What do you mean? I'm Greg from Wellington, the Rock. I led the religious people for so many years. What do you mean? Man, I slaved away and I did all this and I did all that for you and I did all this. What do you mean, who am I? Who are you? See, he's looking for a relationship. I believe right now that some of the things that we're going through are literally because we've built our lives on idols. We've built them on our marriages. We've built them on our kids. We've built them on finances. We've built them on everything but him. 
And God, in his infinite wisdom, is allowing us. In fact, he stands there going, I'm just starting to pull that back. I'm going to touch it so you can acknowledge it and then actually come after me. Maybe for the first time in your entire life. You're going to build it on me and not some religious system, not some meetings, not some worship, not some music, not some prayer, not some prophecy gift you've got, but you're going to build it on me. He wants so much authenticity in his church. He's going to be this whole message on what it looks like to be an authentic follower. To know him like the son knew him. Not to know about him, but to know him intimately. Which goes beyond a head knowledge that you can find. It's an encounter with his presence. That you know who he is, which means you know who you are. Which means you don't just get into his word because you have to, because you want to. There is a massive difference between having to and wanting to. Do I want my children to follow me because they have to? Or because they want to. And the Heavenly Father's no different. Are you here because you have to or because you want to? Do you do the things that you do for Him? Because are you going out on doing, I love it, treasure hunts and all that stuff? Because <laughs> you have to or because you want more of Him? Knowing that it's not about you and your glory and, you know, and standing there and, and, and these guys didn't say this, but going, you know what we did? Heard the voice, sword on the spirit. Man, went up there, laid hands, bang, kingdom came. Ooh, yeah. Gee, look at me. Got my swag on. Or is it about God? Thank you for showing me that thing. I know you want to impact that young man's life from Brazil. You see that he's been influenced by religion and stinking set of rules and people. And you want to set him free from that. And I thank you that you're speaking to me about that. And you want to use me to see your kingdom come in me and through me to bring glory to your name. So just thank you for the opportunity that was to be part of that. Amen. That's the church he's building. That's the church he's defining here at the rock. You know, the more we go after him, the harder it's going to get. Are you up for that? The more, the closer you get to the cross, the harder it becomes. It's the truth. The more on fire you are, the more alive you are, the more God is forming his kingdom in you, the more of an impact God will have through you. Do you think the enemy wants that? Not at all. So we've got to be prepared If you want to be more authentic in your relationship with God and know him more, then he's going to ask more of you, which will bring more persecution and more opposition. But it is the greatest life to live here on planet Earth while we're here. And I don't know how long I've got, but the Bible says my life is like a vapor. So I want to use the most of my vapor while I'm here. Because I'm returning and going back to the most amazing place that I should have started at called the kingdom. There are opportunities every day for us to be defined by him. Maybe right now, even in this message. I don't know. But we must feed on manna from on high. 
not just Mullenberg bread from the local bakery. Even though Nada Bakery rocks, I can't live on it. We need to realize that there is a war on for our inheritance and consuming natural resource, i.e. bread, will never bring you life nor prepare or enable you to fight. It's a little bit like turning up to a gunfight with a sword. I just want to show you a little clip, and I'll come back, of that very truth. Thanks, Mike. We saw that movie, Raiders of the Lost Ark. We turn up, we might all have a lot of flash stuff. Have all the, all the bells and whistles. You got my, got my this on, got my that on, got my this on, got my that on. You know, in the, I'm beating this thing up, got my armor on. We turn up and the enemy goes, ha, look at this. Got my helmet of salvation on, but I walk out the door and God's having someone challenges my faith and I've lost it. But I have my helmet on, I put it on in the shower. Now, I'm not knocking, putting on the armor of God. The armor of God is Jesus in us. It's not this thing that you go, I've got my this on, got my that on, got my this on, you know. Someone challenges you and, oh, gee, what do I really believe? Oh, faith. Christ in you is your armor. That's why we can't live. How do you get Christ in you? And intimacy with him encounters with his spirit without the book in times when you're soaking in his presence seek him and you'll find knock and the door will open. it means present text seek and seek him knock and knocking and the door will open and be opened continuously but you can't live guys on bread alone you can't live on the natural you see the natural is also our natural thinking we try and figure things out in our natural minds, our carnal minds. It ain't going to work either. The natural bread is the way we do things. It's operating from the culture of the world, which is self. We've all been infected and have within us the culture of the world. You know, I love this. We say, I'm not of the world, but I'm in the world. And that is true, isn't it? But the world lives in you as well. That's why there's such a battle. And if we don't deal to the world that's within us, you'll be sucked up in the world that's around you. Because all that happens is the world comes in its culture with all its attraction, and the world in you goes, aha, it's like an ally. Ah, that would be good. If the world wasn't in you, you wouldn't be attracted to the world external of you. And this is what Paul preaches throughout his whole entire books. I'm dying to the selfish nature. And selfish nature is the way I think in the carnal and my ways. And God says if we will transform our minds through the revelation of the Holy Spirit, we would see like him, live like him. Moses said, I do not know your ways. Show me your ways. David, after being humbled because he slept with Bathsheba and got a man killed, is on his face going, God, I repent. Show me your ways. Spiritual food is the only way to transform 
our carnal minds. Why do you think Jesus said, deny self? Deny yourself. You, your selfish nature that wants to rule and reign in you. It's where the real battle to overcome starts. Overcoming this nature that lives within me. God gives me his spirit. So the kingdom is to come from within. Kingdom being his rulership, his dominion, his ways, his word, his truth, his hope. You must, what did John say? I must, sorry, he must increase as I decrease. You can't decrease yourself. The way you increase in him is through his living word and his presence. Hence, man cannot live on bread alone, but on every word out of the mouth of God. And the enemy's trying to get you to live on bread. Jesus, turn those stones into bread. Because when you're in this moment of temptation and trial, it's easier to go back to what you know and trust in you because it's comfortable and you know you've done it before than it is to take a step of faith and trust in him and his living word. Because sometimes his living word is not straight away and what you know you can do is. And we live in this immediate culture today that wants everything now and I know I can do that now. I may have to wait 14 years to get the sun and I don't know if I want to do it so I think I'll abort the process and sleep with my wife's servant. This is why I'm going back to the gym. I need to get fitter. Are you hearing me today? It may take time to trust in his word, to let go and to be dependent upon him. But God's timing is perfect. Our timing's not. His timing is. I've got a funny inkling that when in Luke 9.55, and it's this incredible story where James and John try and burn down the Samaritan village. It's good discipleship right here. What if I pattern to you, lads? Die to yourself. Let others knock you around a bit. Let go of your own will. You know, love people. Doesn't matter if they persecute you. And the opportunity they get to model this, what do they do? Do you want us to burn the village? Come on, let's nail these guys. They didn't do what you wanted. You said, go get a donkey. They wouldn't give us a donkey. Go prepare the way. No, they wouldn't do it. Why? Because we're going through Samaritan. I'm on my way to Jerusalem. So let's nail them. That's me. That's myself right there. Self on the throne. And what did Jesus say? You do not know what kind of spirit you are of. Hold on a minute. Reverse the truck. You do not know what kind of spirit you are of. We're the disciples. Mm-hmm. Oops. I thought he was talking to the Pharisee over there. No, no, I'm talking to you. I hope you can hear. There's a spirit within us. It's called self. It wants to dominate, it wants to rule, it wants to rule your life. And God's like going, you know what, 
I've put my spirit of kingdom in you, my Holy Spirit, and you need to trust in that and my living word and feed on this. Change where you're living, what you're doing, the decisions you make, because the spirit wants to dominate and feed on spiritual manner from on high, and you'll become alive on the inside like you never have before. And this is my promises for my people, that this living water would come forth, it would burst forth from within, and that we would be overflowing rivers that touch our neighborhoods and our communities and our workplaces and this great nation and the nations of the world, releasing water over people because there's water in me to release. I cannot release what's not in me. How do you do it? Jesus said, man cannot live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of my mouth. Amen? When we feed on spiritual manner, we experience God's resurrected power and life. When we feed on spiritual manner, we experience God's resurrected power and life. The Bible says truth will set you free. Verse 32, the truth will set you free. The person of Jesus Christ and his living word will set you free. Free from a place called hell, free from a place of depression, free from a place of insecurity, free from all these things that hold us and bind us and trap us because he came to set us free, the whole person, not just from our spirit, from spending time with him, our whole being on earth so his kingdom would come in us and through us. But what we never read is verse 31. Do you know what verse 31 says? If you continue in his word, you are truly my disciple and the truth will set you free. So you can be set free from a measure. You acknowledge Christ as your Lord and Savior, whatever that was, and I'm saved going to a place called eternity when I pass away. But he wants to fill that measure out. Do you know what? I'm free from worry. I used to worry, and now I'm free. I used to be an anxious person. The Bible says don't be anxious about anything. You know what? I'm not anymore. Why? Because the living word, Jesus himself, I had a revelation of him and it set me free through that. I'm free from X, Y, insecurity. For whatever reason, I'm insecure and I look for fulfillment in other people and all these things. And I'm constantly looking for thank yous. I'm constantly looking to be edified. And it's this cancer that spreads and everyone runs away from me because I'm insecure and I don't realize I'm pushing them away because there's so much pressure that comes with insecurity. What's going on, God? And in a moment in time of seeking him and acknowledging that and going, you know what, I need more of you. Why? Because you just discovered more of him. What Paul preached, everything, I preached Jesus and the Christ crucified because everything is there. I've got more to say, but I'm going to finish there because I think that's about right. Last thought, we have to be careful that we don't just have a relationship with a set of rules, but we have it with a person. 
easier to have a relationship with a set of rules because there's really no responsibility to it. Tell me what to do and I'll do it. That's not how Jesus wants us to live. I've set this whole thing up on a knife edge that you'd walk by faith. But it's easy, God, to have a relationship with rules. It's in front of me. I can control that to a measure. He says, I don't want you living by rules. I want you living by relationship. We can do the right thing, but still be in bondage. Think about that. You can live to these rules, but still actually be in bondage. Because there's no life. It's all external. It's easier to do Christianity than become it. I don't know what doing Christianity even is, to be honest. It's about becoming the kingdom. Jesus said, you are becoming the kingdom. You're becoming priests. Go read Revelation 1 to 6 and Revelation 6. And maybe I'll make this a part two because I have got a whole lot of hows that I wanted to give you today to help. Man cannot live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from God's mouth. And it brings life and power and victory. So I want to encourage us all to get vulnerable. Let go. Go somewhere where you have never been. Use wisdom. Maybe share it with somebody else. Get authentic. God wants authenticity. There's not much point knowing that you're a son and living as a slave. Galatians 4, 1 to 7 teaches us that. There is an inheritance right now, today, that God wants us to walk in. He gives us his very best. No holds barred, nothing hold back. Amen. Father, I want to thank you. Lord, I want to thank you that you're living, you're active. I want to thank you that you're sharper than any two-edged sword that man can create or build. I want to thank you, God, that you're building the church powerfully. You're building us in us and through us and over us. And, Lord, you want us to be voices of truth like John was in the wilderness. No matter what the cost, no matter what it's going to take, Lord, Paul said, I'm fighting this fight to the very end. I've run the race. I finished well. I'm an active follower. And I thank you, Lord, that we are active here. I thank you that we are pursuing love, which is you. And from that place, Lord, we'll be active in fulfilling your will for our lives. And we thank you for that, Father. I thank you, Lord, that we all have these individual lanes, but running in the same direction to the same eternal purpose. And so, God, help us today. If we don't have a hunger for your word, your written word, I pray, God, right now that you would drop it into our spirit. You see our hearts. You see the desperation, the hunger of our heart for you. And if we're hungry today, Lord, I pray by the power of your spirit that you would just drop the seed, the kingdom seed, which births life. Man threw out some seed and it grew because the soil was fresh, harvested. So God, right now, God, I pray as the word has gone forth, I pray, Lord, that your spirit would do its work. You're building your church. Put a hunger and a desire in our hearts for you, Father. 
your presence and your word. Because we cannot live on bread alone. I thank you for your life, your resurrected power. I thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are faithful. I thank you that you are God, that you are faithful. Even when we are not, you are faithful. I thank you that you never leave us, never forsake us. You take us where we're at and you move us and grow us. Just like a normal baby and and their parents, Lord, they support, they walk with, they walk beside, they lift up. I thank you that you're that type of God. And then you push us out the house. Now fly. Go on, run. I'm still here. You can hear my voice at a distance. I'm beside you again. But run. Today is the day to run. Maybe for the first time for you today. Thank you, God. Thank you. Paid the highest price. And we can trust fully in you.